All right, let me uh, pray and let's get right into it. Father God, we thank you for how you've spoken to us today, Lord, and how you have uh, how you've pro how how you have encouraged us and and uh, and encouraged us, Father God, to walk in the authority that we have in you, Father. Um, and Father God, I just pray that as you have spoken, we've heard, we've received. Father, and that we will walk therein, Father, in obedience, we walk therein in faith, Father God, that we will be among the church of God that forcefully advances the kingdom, uh, kicking down the, the gates of hell and, 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 and setting at liberty those who have been bound by the enemy for, for, for all these years. Father, it's time for the, it's time for the captives to be set free. In the name of Jesus. And so, Father God, we just thank you for giving us that commission, for giving us that authority. And we thank you that above, that above any confrontation we face, we have the name of Jesus. And we're covered by the blood. Hallelujah. And we have the word of God. And so, so we're more than conquerors through Jesus. And we just thank you for it. Speak to our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, uh, this may be the last week. I'm not sure. It depends on what God God does. But um, uh, we're continuing, at least with the overarching theme of posture of discipleship. But the title of the message today is Trust God Beyond Your Lifetime. Trust God Beyond Your Lifetime. Uh, you guys know the theme scriptures, and, and normally I've been reading them. I'm going to start today in uh, the book of Hebrews, and we're going to. Uh, there come a time when I'll flash back to uh, Genesis in the Old Testament for a little expansive emphasis, but we're going to start Hebrews chapter eleven. The eighth verse. And how many of you know that God wants us to believe in the promises of God, not just during the days we walk this earth? That as we are winding down, as our day, last day is approaching, we, he wants us to die believing. And he wants us to impart uh, that trust and, and belief in the promises of God to the coming generations. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. How many of you know Abraham himself never really inherited the promise? He got to live in the promised land, but he lived there as a foreigner. It was not his possession yet. 
The promise of God had not come to full fruition. It, he did not get to see it come to its conclusion. But he got to see it. As a foreigner dwelling in tents with the heirs with him of the same promise, Isaac and Jacob, none of them got to see that day when the children of Israel took possession of the promised land, but they died believing. They died believing and knowing that that promise of God would be fulfilled. And as they were, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but as they were dying, they imparted that promise. They shared that promise. They paid it forward to the coming generation so that they would know the promise of God as well. All right? So uh, let's keep on reading. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Do we consider God faithful who has promised? Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. That's the promise God gave him. He didn't live to see it. He got to see the seedlings of it. He was told who the promised child was, Isaac. He was told through whom that promise would be fulfilled. But he knew he wasn't going to be on this earth to see its full culmination. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, going on to verse 17, offered up Isaac. This is the promised child. By faith, he offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So we find that it's through Isaac, you know, Abraham, Isaac, then Jacob, right? It's through Isaac that the seed would be called. Well, Jacob ended up being called, God changed his name to what? Israel. And Abraham's offspring is named Israel, right? So, but Abraham didn't get to see it. Not everything, not every promise that we have of God is going to be realized in our lifetime. The promises of God, they, they transcend generations. They are to be carried forward from generation to generation to generation, and we must not let them die. Our God, my God, my God and Christie's God at some point has to become our daughter's God. They can't walk through life 
just saying, I believe in my daddy's God. At some point, daddy's God has to become their God. What God did in previous generations was what he did in that generation. But you know what? He's still the same God, and he wants to show himself to the current generation. And it is just like it is in the family. We also raise up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The promises of God are for, it's, it's our responsibility to pass them on to our children. If the, the big C church throughout time, it is our generation, to, it is our responsibility to pass on the truth of God, the word of God, the promises of God to the coming generations because they're going to have to be the standard bearers after us. It doesn't end with us. And we've got to look beyond. Like Jesus, what does it say? That for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. Why did Jesus, whose blood was just as precious when he was a baby, when they were trying to kill him, you know, if he had died as a baby, his blood would have been just as precious. His, his life would have been just as innocent. His sacrifice would have been just as deserving to, to, to save us from our sin. But there was purpose in him living as long as he did. There was purpose in him calling disciples to walk with him. He was looking beyond him. He was looking beyond his life. This gospel of the kingdom has to outlive me. And so while I'm here in this body, in this life, in this place that God has placed me, it is, I'm not, I'm not only going to seek, seek his face. I'm not only going to incline my ear to him. I'm not only going to walk to him, walk with him, but I am going to be looking beyond my life. I'm going to be discipling someone who can carry forward in the next generation, what God has done. And so, uh, let, let, let's continue on. Um, by faith, so that's, that's Abraham. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. He's giving instructions and directions beyond his life. So I want to go there uh, for a sec. I want you to go back with me to Genesis 48. We're only going to read the first few verses, 1 through 6. Genesis 48. He mentioned Jacob. We could read a lot more, but I'm just going to do this. Jacob, also known as Israel, he blesses future generations. After this, Joseph was told, behold, your father is ill. So he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And it was told to Jacob, your son Joseph has come to see you. Here we go. Then Israel summoned his strength and sat up in bed. And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan. 
and blessed me. And he said to me, behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply. So he's sharing. This is the promise that God gave me. I'm going to share it with you now, son. Some of my last words on this earth, I'm going to spend them reminding you. I know this isn't the first time he's told him, but I'm going to spend the last moments on, on earth while I still have speech, the ability to speak to you. I'm going to remind you of the promise of God. He said to me, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make of you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. So God's, he's clear, he's told him, God has told him, I'm going to give this land to your offspring. You're going to, you're going to die and you're not going to see it, but know that the God that has been faithful to you will continue his faithfulness beyond you and your descendants will see the promise of God come to pass. And to me, I haven't reached that point yet, but that's got to be encouraging. That we can die in hope, that we can die in faith, knowing that God is, God is faithful and he's going to continue to fulfill his promise beyond me. I, I, I don't have to worry about uh, lamenting over things that didn't get done. I don't have to die disappointed or discouraged. I can die in hope, still believing. The promises of God are sure, and they will surely come to pass. And so he told him the promise of God. But God said to me, I'll make you fruitful and multiply you and I will make of you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. And now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt, they're mine. They're, they're, they're under the, they're under my blessing. They're under my promise. It's as if they also were my sons. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine as Reuben and Simeon are. And the children that you fathered after them shall be yours. They should be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. So, so here it is. He's give, he's reminded him of the promise. He's declaring that his first two sons, they're under the order of Israel, the promises, right? And he gives him direction that he can carry forward after Jacob passes on to go home to be with the Lord. Uh, turn over to chapter 49, verse 28. Now, uh, later on in 48, no, earlier in 49, he blesses each of his sons individually. And in chapter 49, verse 28, it says, and these are the 12 tribes of Israel represented by each of the 12 sons of Israel. This is what their father said to them. This is after, I didn't want to read all the stuff, but this is what their father said to them as he blessed them. I just want to emphasize that he blessed them, blessing each with the blessing 
suitable to him. Parents, bless your children. What you see over their life, what God has given you insight-wise over them, to continue to declare that. Continue to encourage, to speak into those things. To remind them of their God-given abilities, of their God-given purpose. Continue to encourage them that way. And do it until your dying breath, to your last moment on this earth. They need it. They need to know from their earthly authority, God-given authority, they need to know that, that, that God has a purpose and plan for them. They need to know that their father and their mother are going to, believes in them, has seen the call of God in their lives and will call it out. And will encourage and push them to go out and do that which God has put them on this earth to do. Amen? Bless them. Declare the goodness of God and declare the will of God over their lives. Then he commanded them and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me. So he know the end is drawing near. And he says, bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field at Machpelah, to the east of Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field from Ephron the Hittite to possess as a, bar, as a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave that is in it were bought from the Hittites. When Jacob finished commanding his sons, he drew up his feet into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. And I'm going to do this a little bit rapid fire. Turn over to Genesis 50, verse 22. Now that's Jacob. Now let's see what Joseph did. You've heard of the term paying it forward. Uh, Genesis chapter 50, starting at the 22nd verse, it says, So Joseph remained in Egypt, he and his father's house. Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were counted as Joseph's own. And here we go. And Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. I'm about to die. My road, my journey is about to end. But, everybody say but. But God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. So, this is what he's saying in his last moments. I'm handing the baton to you. The promise of God is now in your stewardship. Take it and carry it forward. It doesn't end with me. Yes, you saw God do great and mighty things through me. You saw him do great and mighty things under my leadership and, and for me. But, but, but don't be mistaken. My death does not mean the end of what God is doing. 
stewardship of this thing has to pass from me to you that will carry it forward in the coming generations. And so we have to be mindful. We'll have to be thinking beyond our lives. So he tells them, I'm about to die, but God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. You know, in, in Exodus, oh man, let me remember, uh, Exodus 13, when Pharaoh finally lets the people go, Moses made sure to grab these bones and take them with them so that they can bury them in the promised land, <laughs> right? He took these bones with them. He made them promise. They remembered. He said, God will visit you. You're going there. You're going to possess it. And when you possess it, you need to be taking my bones with you so that when you possess it, you can bury me there. I may not live to see it, but, but my bones are going to rest there. Amen? So he died in faith, died believing, died trusting the promise of God. Amen? And you know, those people had to remember that. You know, when, when, when those people, when Moses made sure to dig up those bones, he didn't just, I don't think that was just divine revelation. That was word passed on from the dying man of God who declared these things and gave these instructions. They kept those things at heart and, and committed them to memory. And they were like, okay, when God does what the man of God said is going to happen, hey, we're taking this with us so that we can carry out his final instructions. But his final instructions were rooted in continuing faith and belief and trust that God is faithful and his promises are true. And that it will come to pass. I may not get to see it personally, but it will come to pass. And it does not diminish the role that I played, the part that I played uh, 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 in that process. I may not have crossed the finish line with you. All right. But I was a part of God's working in getting it further down the road. Amen. And I just I thank God for the part that I played and I can faithfully hand it off to someone who can carry it forward. And you may or may not see the finish line, but just know that if we all do this, if we all look beyond our own lives and continue to be faithful with the things of God and to commit them to the next generation, it will eventually cross the finish line. And we will all have been a, played a part in that. So Joseph died being 110 years old. They embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. I want you to go back to Hebrews chapter 11 and I will finish there. I just wanted to, I didn't want to do it for all of them. I just wanted to do it for Jacob and, and uh, Joseph. Uh, hit in detail what they said to their, and I, I would encourage you to read uh, Genesis 48 uh, in its entirety and 49 and, and 50 
So you can really get more insight as to how what he said in blessing each of his children. And and uh, I think that will really uh, enrich you and encourage you. But in Hebrews 11, verse 13, it says, these all died. It talked about Abraham. It talked about Isaac. It talked about Jacob. It talked about Joseph and others. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised. They hadn't received them yet. And think about that. In our last days, you know, well, even before that, let me back up a little bit. You know how impatient we get. God gives us a promise, and it's so intense, we feel like, oh, man, this thing is imminent. This, God's going to do this now. In, in a week, we're ready to quit and give up. It's taking, God's taking God so long. I've been patient, and he still hasn't come through with this. And yet, this is talking about people who all the days of their lives, for decades, they walk faithfully with God. And God gave them promises, and they held on to those promises. And, and as they got later and later and later in their lives, it, it, it became apparent, I'm sure, that they would not themselves live to see the promise. And what do you do with that? When your personal expectations... I plan to see the promise of God come through. Well, what if that's not God's plan? What do we do with that? Does it make God out to be a liar? Is God unfair? Uh, how does that make us feel? Because we're going to have to, we're going to have to acknowledge that and we're going to have to deal with that. Because God is God, Right? God has not promised everyone that we will see the full coming to fruition of the everything that he's, he's put in our hearts. Not everything he gives us is to be manifest in our lifetime. Now, we can believe God for it, and we'll see some of that stuff come to pass, but, but when it comes to, when we come to the realization there's some of these things that are near and dear to our heart that, that, that's really been a driving force and motivator for us. This is not going to happen in my lifetime. We can be discouraged. We can be disappointed. Or we can do what we begin to see here. We, we, we can take it, give it to God, and turn our focus to beyond our lifetime. Because if I'm not going to see it, my children very well might. And even if my children don't get to see it come to pass, my children's children might. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to walk into things and praise God and believe God for those things that are going to come to pass in my life. And I'm going to set this thing up so that I can transfer stewardship of that which is going to happen beyond my life to the next generation. So they all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them 
and greeted them from afar. I love that way. This, you know, and so in other words, Abram, he saw the land that would eventually be his children's possession. He saw it, but the, but, but he saw it from afar as far as it becoming, being inhabited by the children of God. Right? He greeted it. He saw it from afar. He believed God that God was going to make it happen. That was good enough for him. God will make it happen in his own time. Not my time. I'm not going to make those demands. I'm not going to hold on to those expectations. God will do it in his own time. So, they died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Y'all realize that we are kingdom children. We are in this world, but we're not of it. Uh, my passport and, and all of my identifi- identifies me as a citizen of the United States. But you know what? Above and more importantly than that is I- I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And so are you. You know, our, our kingdomship, our king, I mean, our citizenship in the kingdom supersedes all other citizenships. So they died in faith. They died believing. And because they did, they could faithfully pass on those promises to the next generation and say, hey, keep believing in God. Keep trusting God. God is faithful. Do not pity me. All right? You know I was believing to be able to see this thing. That wasn't God's will for me. But God's will is still true. God's will is still going to come to pass. You're, you're going to carry this thing forward. You're going to see things that I wished I was able to see. But I, and, 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 and how can I be sorry about that? I'm going to rejoice in that. Because you're going to continue to walk with God and you're going to see God move mightily for you. You're going to see God do great and awesome things. And you're going to see the promised land. You're going to possess it. You're going to inherit it. Either you or your children keep believing. Die believing. Pass the torch as you're winding down. Impart wisdom. Remind the next generation. From whom comes their strength and their help. And so, for people who speak thus, let's continue, for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Amen. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared for them a city. 
And the first thing that came to my mind after I read that was Jesus telling his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, you may be also. In my father's house, there are many rooms, many mansions. If you were not so, I would have told you. All right? And there, I will bring you unto myself. There, 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 there is a city that's built by God. All right? You will inherit that. There's an eternal, there's an eternal inheritance for you. Amen? And so trust God. All the days of your life, go where God leads you. Do as God commands you. Run the race that God has marked out for you, sons and daughters of God. Do the works of God while it is day. There's going to come a day when you can't do it any longer. Do it while you can. And when you can no longer do it, pass the baton. But be mindful of the fact. Walk with him. Seek him. Trust God. Run the race he's marked for you, but be mindful of the fact that our days on this earth are numbered. Each of us, in our own time, will breathe our last breath on this earth one day. I know it's not fun to talk about nobody wants to spend time on that. But it's true and, and, and we have to we have to consider it. Let us not allow regret to consume us as that day approaches for us. Let us not long for do-overs or lament what we did not see come to pass. Instead, let us continue to believe and trust God in our final days. Let us continue to believe and trust God that he will keep his promise to us beyond our lifetime in the generations that come after us. And before that final day comes, if you're not doing this, please inquire of the Lord and, and just commit that you're going to uh, go, that you're going to start doing it by the grace of God. But before that final day comes, let us bless our children and grandchildren. Prophesy over them concerning the promise of God and bestow upon them stewardship of carrying forward the promise of God. I'm going to ask you to stand. So trust God beyond your lifetime. There are amazing things he has and will continue to do in your life. But there are some promises, the fulfillment of which will extend beyond your lifetime. Make preparations for that. Square those things in your heart.
to where you can say, Father God, I thank you so much that I've been able to walk with you. Thank you for your faithfulness to me. You've kept every promise. I've seen you do great and mighty things. You've shown yourself strong on my behalf every time. You have been my way maker. You have been uh, a miracle worker to me. You've been a promise keeper to me. And in all those ways, and, and because you've been all those things, I am so grateful. So instead of choosing to lament what I didn't see, I'm going to go home to be with the Lord, grateful, thankful, praising him for what he's done and continuing to believe beyond my life that he will be faithful to my children as he was to me, to my grandchildren, and as far out as the generations eventually go. So Father God, we just thank you for your word, for ministering to us, Lord, according to this truth. And, and Father, I just thank you for challenging us this way. To be thinking beyond us, as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did himself, when he was enduring the cross. The joy that was set before him was us. Those of us who have been reconciled to you, whose names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. Those who would carry forward the gospel. Who would forcefully advance the kingdom. Because he was looking beyond his life, he could... He could rejoice even in the time of his dying, of his suffering, of his dying. He could see the promise of God coming to pass. And may we be ever mindful of that same reality, that same truth. Whether we live to see them or not, the promise of God is yes and amen. And I pray, Lord, that we die believing. I pray, Lord, as the day approaches, as the final day for us approaches, that we're conducting ourselves and we're talking to others and we're blessing the next generation. We're doing those things that reflect that we trust God beyond our existence on this earth. And we will encourage them to do the same. So challenge us afresh in this, Lord. Convict us. Let this take root and residence in our hearts. That it will become part of our lifestyle. That this is how, it will be become part of who we are. This is what we do in the Lord. that you might be glorified and that the generations to come may be inspired, encouraged, and challenged to walk with you in their time and to trust you in their time. 
how we did in ours. And we will coach them. We will cheer for them, Lord. We will encourage them. And we'll be there to counsel and advise them when necessary, as long as we have breath in our body. But, but, but the baton is in their hands. And they will do great and mighty things in the name of the Lord. So, Father, we just thank you for speaking to us and uh, challenging us afresh. And, and, Father, I pray the response to our hearts is, yes, Lord. We will do this thing. We will obey you in this. For it is good and it's right. And Father, I pray you bless your people as they endeavor to do so, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.